Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. I want to share a message with you this morning called Owners and Managers. Owners and managers, turn to your neighbor and ask him, are you an owner or are you a manager? (laughs) Are you an owner or a manager? Owners and managers. Owners and managers. Anybody an owner of something? Anybody manage something that's not yours, somebody somebody else owns? I think we all have stuff like that in our lives. Owners and managers. I want to read you a story. This is a story of a woman who had finished her shopping and returned to her car to find four men inside of it. She dropped her shopping bags, drew a handgun from her purse, this lady's packing, and with a forceful voice, she said, I have a gun and I know how to use it. Get out of my car. Those men did not wait for a second invitation. They got out and ran like crazy. The woman, understandably shaken, quickly loaded her shopping bags and got into the car. She just wanted to get out of there as fast as she could. And no matter how hard she tried, she could not get her key into the ignition. Oh, some of you already got it. Then it hit her. This isn't my car. She She looked out, and indeed, her car was parked four or five spaces away. Oh. She got out, looked around to see if the men were near. (laughs) She loaded her bags into her own car, and then she drove to the police station to turn herself in. (laughs) All right. The desk sergeant, after hearing her story, nearly fell out of his chair laughing, and he pointed to the other end of the counter where four men were reporting a carjacking by a woman with glasses and curly white hair, less than five feet tall, and carrying a large handgun. <laughs> no files were charged. Were, were, no, no charges were filed. <laughs> uh, it's a funny illustration this morning where... She thought the car was hers, but it wasn't. Owners and managers, I just want to, I feel like this, so I had a completely different message planned out. Um, I was going to speak about, oh, it was going to be inspiring. Let me just tell you about it. It We are going to talk about the story where the four men grabbed their friend and brought him to Jesus, but they couldn't get in, so they wouldn't say no, and they went up to the roof. They dug a hole in the roof. They let let him down to Jesus, and Jesus says, because of your faith, right, it was going to be amazing, but I wasn't supposed to speak that this morning. The Lord placed this on my heart this past week, and and I had multiple confirmations. It was really interesting. I've never had this happen before, but I think this is, this scripture, this passage is the word of the Lord for the church right now. I follow some people on Instagram, Christine Kane and Robert Morris and some other pastors who I respect, and I've never seen them, uh, they don't post sermon clips a lot, but I saw right on Wednesday night, I saw somebody talking about, I'm just going to tell you what I'm talking about, the the parable of the ten, ten talents. I looked the next day and there was somebody else preaching about the parable of the ten talents. And I, yesterday I saw again, somebody, they put up on their page, 
the 10 talents and the Lord had put this on my heart earlier in the week and so I know, I don't know what the Lord's doing in the church or why this is a message for now but I believe it is. I believe that this is pertinent to your life today and, and for whatever reason God is speaking this to his people and so I just want you to be open to what he's saying. But this woman, back to the illustration, she was not the owner of what she thought she was. I just want to remind you today, uh, sometimes we think we are the owners of the things we possess, the people uh, who we are responsible for, the things in our life. We think we are owners. But I just want to remind you that you are not an owner. There is only one owner. And we're going to get to some scriptures for you today. But you are a manager. You are called to not own the things in your life, but you are called to manage and manage well. What does a manager do? A manager takes the things, the responsibilities, the resources of another and stewards them well in order for them to grow. A manager at a restaurant, his job is to make sure things run smoothly and that the restaurant is growing in business. A manager is somebody who takes care of the responsibilities of another. You've been given many things. Maybe you feel like I haven't been given as much as I want today. Where are you going to get to that? But the Bible says that you're not an owner. You're a manager. You're a steward, the Bible says. Luke chapter 16, I want you to look at it on the screen. But I want to bring to you four principles of stewardship today. Four principles that I want to share with you. The first is ownership. The second is responsibility. The third is the responsibility of, excuse me, the, the principle of accountability. And the fourth is the principle of reward. Luke chapter 16 says this. I'm going to show it to you on the screen because I want to sh show it to you in this version. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Jesus is saying, look, there's a progression to stewardship. We've all, who here feels like they've been given, you can think of a few little things you've been given in your life to steward. I think all of us have some little things. Let me give you some examples. How about your time? How about your words? Ooh, stewarding my words, not saying what I want to say, but saying what is helpful and godly. Ooh, stewarding my relationships, stewarding my finances. Maybe they're not as great as I want them to be, and I want to see them grow, but can I steward? Can I take care of what God has placed in my life? Because after all, the things in your life weren't given you by others. They were given to you by God, but they're not yours. Sometimes we walk around life treating like treating everything we have as it's ours. The Bible says, I want to show you in Psalm 24, verse 1, it says this. This is the principle of ownership. We're getting to the first principle here today. The principle of ownership. God owns everything. Psalm 24, verse 1 says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That means everything that you have belongs to God. He has put it in your possession for you to take care of it and steward it well, to manage it, and to use it for the blessing of yourself, others, and ultimately his kingdom. But you are not the owner. There is only one owner. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong 
to him. And so I want to remind you this morning of the things that you have, who you are, what you've been given. It's not yours today. It's somebody else's. It's God's. And he's given it to you to bless you because he loves you. But he's also called you to steward it, to manage it, for it not to take over your life, for it not to control your life, for it not to be a negligent part of your life, but for you to manage what God has given you well. I want to read you another verse in 1 Timothy verse 6, excuse me, chapter 6, verse 17 says this, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who, rich, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. I just want to remind you today that the things that you possess, the things that God has blessed you, won't fulfill you. I don't know if you've looked at Hollywood lately, but there are so many men and women who are blessed beyond what we could even imagine. So many CEOs and billionaires who, who have the things of this world and have plenty on, in, in the natural ways of life, but their souls are crumbling. They are depressed. They are living lives of, of self-hatred. They're committing suicide. There's so many who are, who, who are struggling with anxiety and depression and, and, and going into rehab and drugs and addiction. Why? It's because the things of the world, it won't satisfy what I'm longing for. And so, oh, we, we can't trust in the things that we've been given. Why? It's because first, God owns them. And second, they will never fill what needs to be filled. Only the presence of God will do that in your heart and in your life. And so the first principle this morning is this, the principle of ownership. Everything that I have belongs to somebody else. Everything that I possess, every relationship that I have, every, everything that I own is not mine, but it's the Lord's. Psalm 24.1 says, everything is the Lord's, the world and everything in it. And so the first principle I want to remind you today is what you have is not yours. You are not an owner today. You are a manager. It doesn't belong to you. It's yours to take care of. And the second principle I want to show you this morning is the principle of responsibility. If I've been entrusted with something, all of a sudden there comes a responsibility for me to take care of it. Has anybody ever given you something and said, could you take care of this for me? All of a sudden, there comes an added responsibility to your life. Now I have to take time, effort, and resources of my own to protect, take care of, grow, whatever this thing is that I've been given, that I've been entrusted with. It's the same with you. Is God owns everything, but he has chosen to bless you with things in your life. But now there comes a responsibility of how I'm supposed to live because I can't just forget about it, and I can't just use it on myself, but I have to use it according to how he would have me. I need to be a good manager I can't just run the restaurant how I want to, run it into the ground, let it go, not show up for work. I have an added responsibility now. There is a responsibility in my life, the principle of responsibility. I want to read to you in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God creates Adam and Eve, and all of a sudden, he doesn't just kind of set them on an eternal vacation. He says, hey, I have for you some responsibilities. I'm going to give you a purpose. You know, that's what humankind is longing for, a purpose, something that will give me purpose, a calling, something that makes me feel like what I'm doing matters. And so Genesis 1, 26 says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Meaning this, you were created for eternity. I hate to break your bubble today, but your cats and dogs aren't gonna be with you in eternity. I know, don't be mad at me. I know. 
It's because they don't have an eternal soul. Who knows? Maybe I, I, I could be right. If I'm wrong, you can chastise me in heaven. But, but, but you have, they haven't been created with the eternal soul. You have in the likeness, in the image of God. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them, and he said two things to them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. That word in, in, scripture, in the Hebrew scripture is para, and multiply, fill the earth, and govern it. To govern is rada. And so God said to his people, to Adam and Eve, the first two, Hurrah, be fruitful and multiply. You know, how many of you know you've been made to grow? You, God, God blesses you with growth, right? That you've been made to produce, right? That's, that's a natural longing. It's not natural to not want to be uh, productive and successful and, and God to move, use you to do things in, in the world. That's a, normal, that's a normal thing that God has put in each one of you to para, to be fruitful, to multiply. Literally, that word means um, for branches to grow. And so he says, be fruitful, be multiply, fill the earth, and govern it. Rada means to have dominion over it or to manage it. And so now that I know that God owns everything, and now that I know my two callings in, in, in humankind are to be fruitful, to produce, and also to govern, to manage I know what my responsibility is. It's everything that's not mine, but it's been given to me. I have a responsibility to see it expand, to see it grow. What does that look like? How about you say, I don't have a lot of finances to invest, but how about you have words to build others up with? How do you know you can build people up with your words? You know you may not have a big following on Instagram, Twitter, maybe, you're not, maybe you won't have ever have over 5,000, 6,000 followers, people following you, but you have a family that needs you to invest in them, that needs you to be present. How many of you know you may not have the flashiest job or the highest paying job, but you have coworkers who need you to love them. You have a boss who needs you to listen to them. You need people who you impact who other people will probably never see, talk to, or notice, and you have an opportunity to love them. And so maybe you feel, you feel like today, well, it's nothing big, God, but he's not asking for big. He's asking you to do with what little you have. I, just, I think there's a principle that the Lord showed me that so often, and we're going to get to this in a moment, so often we are so focused on what's up ahead that we forget what's in our hands. God has called us not to focus just on what's ahead, and there's nothing wrong with ex being excited about the future and the bright future, future that's ahead of me. But what's in my hands? What has God given me right now to manage, to take care of, to steward, to do well with, to multiply, to govern? What has he called me to para and rada? What has he called me to, to, to be fruitful with? And what has he called me to govern, to manage? What is it? And so now we know we're not the owners and now we know we have a responsibility to do well with our master's resources. And I wanna show you the next principle this morning is the principle of accountability. When I'm not the owner and I'm only responsible, there's some accountability involved. I wanna show you the story in Matthew 25 and this is what I wanted to get to this morning is um, 
is one day we're gonna have to give a response for how we handled what we've been given. How we managed what God has put in my life, who God has put in my life, what the influence, I've, what I've done with it. How have I stewarded my time? How, what have I done with my resources? What have I done with my relationships? What have I done with the things that God has put in my life? What, am, what have I done with it? There's some level of accountability. And so we're not the owners, we're the managers. And we have a responsibility, and someday we're gonna be called to accountability. In Matthew chapter 25, we have this story of the, the, the men with the talents. As a kid, I thought the talents were literally like, they were talented guys, right? It was like, man, this dude had like, he was good at singing and water skiing, and he could also like uh, say the alphabet backwards, and he was really good at math, right? It's like he had five things, and the other guys just had two, and that poor guy with one, right? But as I, as I study the scripture, not this week, I knew this before this week, but, but a talent is not, a talent's not a, like a thing you're good at, a talent is, was an actual sum of money. And so approximately in our time, a talent is about $50,000. And so this wasn't a small amount of money. Uh, the guy with five talents, if you haven't read the story, I'm going to break you what happens before we're going to read it. One guy gets five, like $250,000, right? That's a, that's a lot of money. Anybody ever been given $250,000 cash? I don't know, but that would be a nice feeling, right? The guy with two, he gets a hundred. And the guy with one gets 50. And so these aren't just like things they're good at. These are sums of money that they've been entrusted with to, not they don't own it, but they've been trusted with responsibility and now accountability ultimately on how they used it. And so, and so this is the story, Matthew 25 verse 14 says this, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and he delivered his goods to them. One, he gave five talents. To another, two. And to a third, he gave one. Each according to his own ability. And immediately, he went on a journey. I just want to stop right there in the story. Because you may feel today like you've been given, you're the person who God has given one talent. You feel like, man, God, you haven't put me in a family of influence. You haven't, I don't have a lot of resources. I'm not, I'm not followed. I'm not well-known. I don't have a high-status job. I'm not a, a person in society where people look up. And, I'll tell you this. I used to work for the government. I just thought of this. I worked for the government, and uh, people used to ask me what I did. I told them, yeah, I'm a software engineer for the Navy, and I work on the missile program. And, and the response was, I was like, wow, that's awesome. Tell me more, right? Now, when, when I tell them what I do, people are like, hey, so what do you do? I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor at a church. They're like, oh, okay. Don't tell me any more about that, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe you haven't been put in a place of status or where you feel like people are looking to you for answers, um, but you've been given something, each according to his own ability. Let me just say this to you today. God hasn't placed anything in your life that you're not ready for. According to your own ability is what you are ready for. And so you can know the things that God has put in your life, you're able to steward them. If you ever feel like, man, my life's out of control and this is too much. This is, my kids are going crazy and I can't handle the, the school and it's too much. I just want to say that it's not too much because God would have not given you anything that you are unable to manage. And so maybe you've taken on some things that you've not been able to manage, but God hasn't given you anything that you're not able to manage. 
And so you need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what's from you and what stuff that I've been hoarding? Anybody ever seen the hoarder show? <laughs> what stuff that I have been gathering that I think I need, but I don't, and I can't manage it because God will never give you anything greater than your ability to manage. And so he gives them money, one five, one two, and one one according to their own ability, and he immediately went on his journey. Then those who had received the five talents went and traded. That word is ergozami. It means to work or to labor. So this man who was given $250,000, he takes it. He doesn't put it in the bank because we, who know, whose interest rates are higher than 1%. I don't think any of us. And so he takes it and he begins to invest it. He begins to work with it. He begins to flip some houses. He begins to do some deals. He begins to, he begins to work the money in. And it says that, the guy who likewise, verse 17, likewise he who had received two gained also, oh, oh sorry, if the end was, he, he labored with them and he made another five. And so 250 plus 250 is 500,000. He made a half a million. Likewise, he had received two, also two more. But he who had received one went and he dug it in the ground and he hid his Lord's money. You ever felt like you were the guy with one and it just wasn't worth investing what God had put in your life because you felt like it compared to everybody else? It's just not that important. It's just not that big of a deal. Loving people, being nice to my kids, managing my small paycheck, loving people at my job, telling people who I see it about Jesus. It's, it's not that big of a deal. I think sometimes we can do this, we can, instead of looking at what's in our hands, we can be looking up what's ahead and then glance over to the person in the lane right next to us and see, man, he, that guy looks like he's going to go farther than me. Well, what am I going to do with this one talent? I want to hide it, forget it, doing my own thing. And I think this so often can be us. That we look at the people around us and we look at their futures, the brightness of their future, and we say, ah, I'm just not that important. I'm just not worth that much. I'm the guy with one. God, I don't know why you put me in this family. God, I don't know why you put me in this job. God, I don't know why I'm not as talented as these people. God, I don't know why I'm not as resourced or handsome or rich or, or plentiful as these people. I don't get it, but I, I, I don't understand. I'm just going to hide my talent. I just want to say to you today, it's not what's up ahead. It's what's in your hands. Don't look at the people around you because you don't have to give an answer for how far they get, how they be fruitful, multiply, and how they govern. You gotta answer for you. The principle of accountability is you gotta answer for you. God, this is what you gave me, and this is what I did with it. And so, and so it says, uh, he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his father's money. Verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. It was time for accountability. First, there was ownership. The owner, the master had talents. I guess he had eight to, di to divvy out. He gave them. He gave them responsibility. I want you to take this and manage it. And then ultimately, there was accountability. Verse 20 says, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents. He had 250,000, he brought 500. He said, Lord, you delivered to me these five talents. Look, 
I've gained five more besides them. I was fruitful, I multiplied, and I governed. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Sound familiar? That's the words I want to hear when I pass from this earth. Good, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. New Living Translation, which I use on Wednesday nights with the youth, said, let's celebrate. <laughs> Enter into the joy of the Lord. Let's celebrate. All right, so, so this man, this man with five talents, given to $250,000, he multiplies it, he increases it, and he brings it back to his master where he's told at the time of, account of accountability, well done. I want to show you a principle of not looking up what's ahead, but looking at what's in your hands. Look at what happens with this next man in verse 22. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. Now, if I was the guy with two talents, right, I would have had an insecurity feeling, right? Where we're, we're all in line. And the guy with the 10 bags, he's like bringing his money to, right, to to Jesus, to the master, and he's got, he's got 500,000. He's, he's like trying to, he's got his servant, right? Dra they're dragging these bags of gold, and I'm the guy with like four bags that I can kind of manage, right? And I'm like, man, this wasn't fair in the first place. Why did he get five, and he turned it into 10, and I got two, and I just got four. This isn't fair, but I did my best, and then I'm just gonna show up, right? And so they're in line, and, and he's probably feeling a little lousy because the guy in front of him's got so much more. There's so much more stuff, so many more resources, so many more Instagram followers, so much more money, and, and and, and he comes up behind him and, 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 and he says, here, look, you've gave me two and, and here's the other two that I made. And I want to show you what the master says. In verse 23, he says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Let's celebrate. Enter into the joy of the Lord. It is the same exact celebratory response when this man who's been given more shows up with 10 and the man who's been given two shows up with four because they both were fruitful, multiplied what God had given them and managed it. The attitude of the master was the same. I just want to encourage you from this principle. You may feel like you, you don't have a lot to invest today. You don't have a lot of favor. You don't have a lot of money. But when you are fruitful with it, when you multiply it, you don't have to compare with the guy next to you who's got more. You can just compare it to, to what God has given you and say, you know what, God, I did my best with what I have. And he'll say to you the same exact thing that he said to the person in the front of the line. He'll say, good job. Let's celebrate. Enter into my joy. I'm proud of you. And so he says the exact same words that this guy who shows up in the front of the line with 10, 10 bags of money, he comes with two. He says, here it is. And God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Now I can trust you to be ruler over many things. Enter into my rest. If we could get this principle today, that what's in my hands matters, that what I've been given actually matters, that it's not too small to God, that it's not too insignificant to use, but he's actually called me to manage what I've been given. Maybe it's not as much as I want. Maybe it's not what I even like but you've been resourced and gifted by God to do something. You've been given influence over someone. You've been given words that can help somebody. You've been given a testimony, a story that's powerful to somebody. And you can use it.
and you can see God's kingdom multiply and you can govern the things that he's given you. I'm gonna show you the attitude of the last servant. Verse 24 says, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. See, one thing I want to point out to you is he, his view of his master was completely different than, than the other two men. He was afraid. He was fearful. He didn't view his master as a good master who would be, who'd be excited over, even though he, he didn't have as much as others, what he'd been given according to his ability, he didn't even think that he'd be, his master would be pleased with him. And so instead of taking the one and making it two, he took the one and hit it, and it stayed one. And the master's not pleased, it says in verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and you lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I had not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10. For everyone who has more will be given and he will have with abundance. But for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Verse 30 says, and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so the principle here this morning is one of managing. What has God placed in my life? And what do I have in my hands? I want to remind you of this. Don't focus on what's up ahead. Focus what's in your hands. And you know what's going to happen when you focus what's in your hands instead of looking up at what's ahead and inevitably looking at the lanes beside you and seeing people who are more blessed, more resourced, better looking, more, more following, bigger, bigger this, bigger that, more talented, you're gonna get distracted and you ultimately will end up being like the, one with, the man with one. God, I just didn't think it was important enough to do anything with it and so I just, I just hit it and, I, and I'm, here it is. I want at the end of my life, even though I might not be the most gifted, talented, whatever, I wanna do, what's, do the best what I have in, in my hands and at the end of my day say, God, you gave me what you gave me, but I multiplied it and I did and I impacted people for your kingdom and you gave me a responsibility and now I'm accountable and, and here is the benefit and the fruit of what you gave me to manage. And I believe that if we do that faithfully, he'll be able to say, well done, my good and my faithful servant. I wanna end with this. There's one last principle. We have the principle of ownership, the principle of responsibility, the principle of accountability, and the last is the principle of reward. Colossians 3, 23 says this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Oh, I think if we could get this in the forefront of our minds with how we live our lives, that we're not actually serving people, we're not actually living for those around us, and we're not actually living to serve and to, and, to, and to manipulate and climb the ladder of success and to benefit, but actually the one who exalts is the Lord. Can you say amen? That promotion comes neither from the left or the, from the right, or from, but it's the Lord, and so the Lord's gonna put you in places where others see the giftings and the talents that are on your life, and, he, and then they're gonna exalt you because of God's favor, and so, and so promotion doesn't 
doesn't come from, from the east and the west, but it comes from the Lord. You're not serving people. You're serving your God. Matthew 25, I want to read it to you one more time. Verse 21. And Kyle, if you want to come and play as we end here this morning. Matthew 25, 21 says this. Let me remind you. The response of the master when the men came to him who had invested well, who had governed well, he said the master was full of praise. And he said, well done, my good and my faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Could we start to live lives today where we're not just focused on what's ahead, but what's in my hand? Could we live lives where we don't live a life of comparing what everybody else has and then thinking mine is insignificant because it doesn't seem as important as other people? And I, I can't do as much as that person. I'm not as, I'm not as influential as that person. I feel like my job, my life is just kind of normal and, and God, what could you do with this? Let me... Let me just remind you of what God does with a man called Joseph. He's born kind of in this place in the desert. And he's got a couple brothers. And God tells him he's going to do something great with his life. He's ultimately so, his brothers are so jealous of him, they sell him into slavery. Can you imagine a more horrible thing than your family turning on you and actually selling you as a slave? And so he ends up in this place called Egypt where he's assigned to this man Potiphar's house. And it says that he is so faithful he, he governs so well, he multiplies what he's been given and he manages somebody else's stuff that he is exalted. Let me just remind you, when you do well with what God has given you, you are going to be promoted. The way to promotion isn't grasp at something that's up ahead, it's doing well with the little you have in your hands. And so promotion comes, but ultimately he's so well thought of that, the, that his boss's wife get, takes a liking to him and, and she wants to hang out with him, if you know what I mean. And so he says, no, I'm a follower of God. I'm not doing that. And she falsely accuses him and says, he tried to sleep with me. And he says, no, I didn't, but, but, but he's thrown into prison. Could you imagine the emotions that Joseph is that's surrounding his mind? God, I'm, I'm stewarding being a slave. I'm steward being a servant. Now I got a steward being a prisoner, but here goes. And so he's put in the prison, but it says that he is so favored in prison because he learns how to govern and he's learned how to manage that he is put in charge of all the other prisoners. <laughs> Wherever this guy goes, he's promoted. Why? It's because he has learned how to manage what God has put him in. Manage the prison? I don't want to do that. Manage somebody else's stuff? That's lame. But he learns the principle, and ultimately, I won't get into the story because we're going to end right here. But he's exalted to second in command under the most powerful man on the earth. Why? Because he learned one principle. Obviously, he's a follower of God, but he learned this principle. He learned how to steward the little things in his life. Here it is, God. It's not much. I have words to give people today. I don't have any money to pass out. I don't have any, any crowd listening to me. I don't have any influence to leverage but here's my words for the lady at the cashier. I can tell her, you look great today. God loves you. Have a nice day. My kids, when they're acting nuts, I don't have kids. When your kids, when they're acting nuts, you know, instead of screaming, we would just say, you know what? That needs to stop right now. 
and not yell. I don't know. You have things to steward. Maybe you do the yell. I don't know. That's a bad one. <laughs> Let me just finish with this. You have things to steward. Uh, what are some small things I can steward well? My time. I can use it for God. The things that I, that I see that I'm wasting time on, I can re, reprioritize and say, God, you have some of this time. You get this time. My words, I already said that. You can build other people or you can destroy other people. It's a little thing, but it's powerful. My body, how am I managing my desires? Is, is, is lust controlling me? Is greed controlling me? Is, is the things of the world controlling my body? Or do I yield it to Jesus and say, God, you glorify yourself in me today. Have your will in my body. My money. I think one of the, 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 the most telling things of our heart is how we how we use finances. Where is my heart? It says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so when I invest my money in God's kingdom, in his people, all of a sudden my heart begins to come alive to see people changed. My spouse, I don't have a spouse, but maybe you do. Do you love her like Christ loves the church today? You may feel like you're trying to get favor with everybody else in your life, but how about the person who God has joined you with, has given to you, to love, to respect, to honor, and you feel like you're always at each other's throats because you see things differently sometimes. Could you just commit today to say, God, this is a little thing, but, but I'll love them. Man, they do things that drive me crazy, but I'll love them. Man, they're nuts sometimes, but, but you've given them to me. My job, God, this, this isn't what I want ultimately, but this is what I have and I'll steward it. My family, my bringing others closer to God. And so today, I wanna pray for us and, and I just wanna end with the thought that could we live lives where we're not focused on what's ahead, but what's in my hands? I can be the best worker, school teacher, manager that anybody's ever seen. I can be the best husband, wife, father, manager of our family finances that anybody knows. I'm going to do it for you, God, because this is what you've given me. And so today, if you want to be a better manager today of what God has placed in your hands right now, what you have right now. I'm not talking about what God's going to give you and what he's purposed for you and what he's called for you in the future and your callings, but I'm talking about what you have in your hands. If this is you today, and I'm going to put my hand up because it's me, I want you to raise your hand and, and I want to ask you if you want to be a better manager, if you want to manage God's, God's giftings well. So Holy Spirit, God, I, for me, myself today, I want to pray for me first. God, I want to be a better steward, a better manager of what you've blessed me with. God, you've resourced me with things. God, maybe I want to see more in my future, but God, I thank you for what you have placed in my life. And God, I want to do well with the little you have placed in my life. And I want to see it grow, multiply, and I want to manage it well. God, I pray for all of us with our hands raised today. Lord, I pray that you'll give us grace to walk this life, not in discontent, not in comparison with those around us, but in gratitude, thanking you for what you have placed in our lives. God, we thank you for the spouses in this room. We thank you for the family, for the finances. God, for favor with you. God, we thank you that you listen to us when we talk to you. We thank you that we've been set free. We thank you that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And Lord, today we say thank you today. I pray that we live lives of gratitude, not looking up what's up ahead, focusing on the future, but focusing on what's in my hands. And so God, today we want to say we want to manage your resources well. We want to govern your people well. We want to do well with what you've given us. And I thank you, God, that that's our hearts today in this place. We pray that you'll show us, give us wisdom, give us a heart of knowledge to understand your ways 
so that we can multiply and be fruitful and govern. And we love you today and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to dismiss. Thank you, John Gordon. That was wonderful. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Now, we're not going to have an altar service because we already had one. Now, if you're here today, you think, boy, this is a long service. This was different today. And thank God, we have always had a starting time, but never an ending time. We're going to send you out with one thought. I feel is very important. And that is, Paul says, what? Know ye not, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you are not your own, you're stewarding, You've been bought with the price. Now I believe in managing your home. Thank God, God help me. I only have one boy, but he's turning out okay. Amen. You gotta manage your health. Some of us are in the biggest loser club. That's good, that's important. You gotta manage your relationships with others, your words, your talking. But folks, the most important thing is what are you doing with that presence in your body? Is it the temple of the Holy Ghost? Are you stewarding God's blessing by spending your time with Him? In His Word, at His feet, in His house. Or are you spending all your time managing natural things and forgetting the most important? Seek first the kingdom and all things shall be added unto you. Those who manage that spiritual inheritance, that blessing in their body when they get to heaven, they're going to reign over many. And so God help us today. Thank you for your word. How about we all pray, Lord, make me a good steward. Make me, Father, to live watchfully, carefully. Lord, no matter what you give us, Lord, help us to multiply, to treasure, and to manage well for your glory and for your name's sake. Lord, don't let us forget this word, but let us act on it. Thank you for this wonderful time today. Thank you that we have felt your presence in this house. And as we leave this place, we carry you. Bless this entire day, each family, each individual, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God be with you.